Hey, we begin the red letter challenge, and you say, what's that? What's the red letters? What's, what's the red letters deal? Well, uh, red letters refers to the Bible and how throughout the 20th century until today, most Bibles have the words of Jesus in red ink. Uh, and the red letter challenge then refers to this book, which supplies a daily reading for each day uh, over 40 days. And over those 40 days, we will study five principles Jesus taught. Being, being with Jesus, being in a relationship with Jesus uh, is where I grow to be like Jesus. Forgiving, which means receiving uh, the forgiveness of God in Jesus and then extending that forgiveness to uh, the people around me. Uh, Serving, where growing like Jesus in unselfishness with my time and my energy, and it's giving, which is growing like Jesus in generosity with my money and possessions, and going, growing like Jesus in living like him as a witness who shares Jesus with others. Now, over these 40 days, uh, are we reading only the words of Jesus? No, uh, that's a little misconception here. Uh, Some people assume that uh, it's a red letter challenge and so we'll be only reading the red letters, the words of Jesus. Not true. Um, There's a lot of Bible readings that are taken from the Old Testament, uh, prophets and Psalms and other Bible books, but all the readings are leading back to those five red letter principles of Jesus being forgiving, serving, giving, and going. So, The red letters refers to the words of Jesus. But what about this challenge part? What's the challenge part? Well, uh, there are two main challenges. Uh, The first main challenge is to maintain a reading daily for 40 days in a row. For most of us, this is going to be a big challenge because we've never had a consistent daily Bible reading time before. For some, uh, we've tried it, and we eventually just gave up. And some, for us, the idea never really crossed our minds before. But starting tomorrow, uh, about 2,000 BlackRock adults and students and kids will be entering this challenge together, together. We'll take this new challenge, for many of us, first time ever, uh, of actually reading daily And we've never had this daily kind of Bible reading before, but we're going to do it together. The big challenge will be to start, but not give up. Uh, You will feel like giving up. Don't give up. Uh, If you miss a day, if you miss a week, just pick up from there. Don't give up from there. But here's some good news. The good news is that the readings that start tomorrow for a week, for five days, are very simple and very easy. For the first five days, it's just a brief scripture-based devotional that'll probably take you less than five minutes uh, to read. Then the second week, the book takes you deeper, and you'll have to raise up your uh, commitment a little notch, because each day there'll be a Bible reading and a challenge to apply that Bible reading that you read, which is the second reason why this is called the Red Letter 
challenge. Starting with the second week, every day you will be challenged to not only read something from the Bible, but you will be challenged to put it into practice that day. The red letter challenge then is two challenges to read the word of Jesus for 40 days every day and to apply the words of Jesus every day for 40 days. That second challenge is so important. Have you ever felt like your life was falling apart? Have you ever had the the difficulties of life come on you and blow against you like a strong wind? Have you had the storms of life hit you in a way that makes you just want to collapse? Well, Jesus has a promise for you. Jesus promises that he will personally storm-proof your life if, if, if you will, in, you will incorporate one habit into your life, if you will do one thing. And Jesus speaks of that one thing in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus says that if I want to survive the storms of this life, then I must do one thing. I must incorporate one habit into my life, and that is that I need to learn how to hear his word and put his word into practice. I must do both. I must hear his word. I must read his word, and I must put his words into practice practice. I must do both. In order to have a storm-proof life, I must hear his words, but I also have to put those words into practice. When Jesus says, don't worry, I have to stop worrying. When Jesus says, be a peacemaker, I must start to introduce peacemaking into my relationships. And notice the strong word that Jesus uses for people who hear but do not apply his word. Jesus calls that person a fool. And I am willing to admit that you are looking at one right now. I have built my life around hearing the word of God. And yet, post-storm, I look at the wreckage around my life and it becomes very clear to me that even though I was hearing, I was not applying what I heard. And maybe you are willing to admit that you are a fool like that too. Or maybe you still don't understand what I'm talking about. So uh, let me introduce you to three foolish people I know very, very well, because I've been all three of these people. And maybe you'll recognize someone you know well, someone like you. The first person I want you to meet is the admire only fool. And to introduce you to this fool, I need to show you a few photos of someone else. This is Simone Biles. 
Simone Biles grew up as a foster kid in Columbus, Ohio. Simone had no mom and no dad to wake her up early in the morning for practice or drive her to some luxury gym. Yet Simone is universally considered the best all-around female gymnast in the world. Simone is expected to become the most decorated gymnast in world history. And if I showed you a clip of her in action, you would just be amazed. And you, if I asked you to raise your hand, if you admire Simone Biles, everyone's hand would raise and say, I admire Simone Biles and what she does and what she can do. But then, if I ask you to raise your hand, if you would seriously put in effort in order to do what Simone does, all over this room, hands would go up and say, I admire Simone Biles, but I have no intention of doing what she does. Nobody wants to see me in her skin-tight outfit flopping around on the floor. I admire Simone, but I have no intention of imitating her. I'm not even going to try. Unfortunately, many of us, never saying it out loud, but we take this same approach when it comes to Jesus. The fool says, I admire Jesus and what he does, but I have no intention of actually imitating him. I admire Jesus, but there is no way that I can be like him. There's no way I can forgive like him. There's no way I can serve like him. No way that I can give or go like Jesus. Why bother even trying? And some of us even think well, uh, that we're being humble when we say that, but not that doesn't fly for Jesus. No, Jesus says, you are not being humble, you're being disobedient. Jesus says, if you are my follower, I command you to put in the effort to put my words into practice. I command you to put in the effort that you do what I do. And there are thousands of young girls who are so inspired by Simone that they're going early to the gym. They're lifting weights. They're putting in the effort with routines in order to be like Simone. And Jesus says, it's just like that when it comes to my followers. They put in the effort to be like me. But I say it's like Simone because uh, unlike Simone's followers who are on their own, if I'm a Christ follower, then I am filled. Jesus actually fills me with his Holy Spirit so that I am empowered to do what only Jesus can do. That's what Jesus says in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. That means you will be just like me to demonstrate that I'm alive. Jesus commands me to be like him and Jesus empowers me to be like him and so it makes me a fool if I choose to admire only, only admire Jesus. I cannot stop with admiration of Jesus. I must build my house on a daily imitation of Jesus and combine my effort with his power 
and actually be like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, serve, give, and go like Jesus. Next, I want to introduce you to the half-only fool. And to do this, I, I want like to uh, show you two shirts, two shirts, and they're just symbols. Nobody should get insulted by what I say about these two shirts. They're just symbols of two people or two groups who call themselves followers of Jesus. They're just symbols, okay? Nobody should feel pigeonholed or anything like that, all right? The believer in the tie-dye shirt is all about certain words of Jesus. The person is all about justice for the oppressed, just like Jesus. All about compassion for the suffering, just like Jesus. All about uh, giving to the poor, just like Jesus. And the believer dedicated uh, to putting uh, the words of Jesus in action. Where's this shirt? Because she serves at the uh, Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Or if you're in need, he'll give you his tie-dyed shirt off his back. But when it comes to the words that Jesus says about personal holiness, it's like this person has not even heard those words of Jesus. This person is sexually active outside of marriage. This person uses some rather foul language sometimes. This person gets drunk on weekends, sometimes gets high. This person has been known to say, it's my body and I can decide to do with it whatever I want. It's my body, it's my choice. But that is not what Jesus says to his followers. On the other side, there is this button-down believer. This person would never be sexually active outside of marriage. This person would never use foul language. This person would never get drunk or high. But when it comes to the, what Jesus said about caring for the poor or fighting against injustice or being generous with money or possessions, it is like this person hasn't even heard those words of Jesus. This person is known to say things like, I worked hard for everything I have. Maybe a lot of poor people just need to work harder. Or, it's my money and I can decide to do with it whatever I want. It's my money, it's my choice. But that is not what Jesus says to his followers. And I hope you can see how both the button-down and the tie-dye person and that mentality is foolish in Jesus' eyes because they both fail to apply at least 50% of what Jesus said. Right before Jesus tells the story of the fool who builds his house on the sand. Jesus speaks about half-only people. These fools who do some things in Jesus' name, but the other half, they are totally away from the Father's will, so much so that they're so far away from the heart of Jesus that when they stand before him in eternity, Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. 
Listen, there's nothing wrong with having your favorite verses from Jesus. There's nothing wrong with having your favorite themes of Jesus. But it is foolish to ignore words of Jesus that I find less appealing to my personal preferences. If, as you are going this through the next 40 days of this red letter challenge, if you come across something that you don't really appeal to in the words of Jesus. You know what I say? I say double down. Double down and emphasize those words of Jesus even more, not less. All right. I've got one more person to talk about. And this is a person who just might not like this red letter challenge for two reasons. First, I already told you that the first week of readings uh, in the Red Letter Challenge are very light and very easy. This person I'm introducing you to now is someone who now has a very disciplined daily Bible, personal Bible study, and has completely forgotten how hard it was to establish that rhythm and habit in life. And so now they look at these light readings and they scoff. And they're totally blind to the joy that we're now going to have 2,000 adults and students and kids in this daily habit who would never otherwise have it. And we're giving them a chance to kind of catch up. This person will probably not like that first week of reading. But then there's the second week of reading. The second week of reading does go deeper. And in fact, what happens in the second week of reading is that this person is going to find to their shock that they not only have to read the Bible every day, but they have to apply it to their lives every day, which is going to be a big challenge for this person because the person I'm thinking about right now is the study-only fool. And if I am any fool of these three, I am this fool. I love studying the Bible, and I'm really good at it. Uh, but you know what I'm not so good at? I'm not so good at applying what I study. Jesus has a really hard time with study-only fools. Uh, so right after Jesus told the story about uh, the man building his house on the sand, we're told this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd, crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Those teachers of the law were people who, uh, who the, the people who Jesus found most frustrating. Uh, Jesus called these study-only people hypocrites, uh, vipers, open pits, uh, uh, tombs. Uh, those teachers were so frustrating to Jesus because those teachers knew so much of God's word, but were so powerless because they lived so little of it. And Jesus wants to give me a storm-proof life, but the power to stand firm is found only in doing what Jesus says to do. I'll never experience Jesus' power if I'm like those Pharisees who only study, only study his word. Some years ago, I remember hearing a Bible teacher uh, tell uh, a story about 
his daughter, and uh, he said, my daughter uh, has her own bedroom, and sometimes that bedroom gets really, really messy. And uh, this Bible teacher said, that's okay, because I have a great relationship with my daughter, and if I say, clean your room, she does it. But this Bible teacher says, just imagine if I were to say to my daughter, please clean your room. And a few hours later, uh, she comes back to me, her dad, and stands in front of her messy room and says, hey, dad, that was a really cool thing you said. Clean your room. Guess what? I've memorized it. Clean your room. And then a few hours later, she comes back in front of her still messy room and says, hey, dad, guess what? I know how to say it in Greek. <laughs> hey, dad, pau, katharos, sas, dormitorio. Get it? <laughs> Clean your room. And a few hours later, the room is still a mess. And this uh, daughter comes back and says, hey, dad, guess what? I'm going to get together with my friends, and we're going to study your word. <laughs> clean your room. In fact, we're going to sing. Clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. But this teacher says, my daughter knows that that would never fly in our house. But why is it that many people who call themselves Christ followers think that this kind of stuff cuts it with Jesus when it does not. Jesus says, don't just study my words. Actually, clean your room. <laughs> Apparently, the author of this book heard that same Bible teacher because this clean your room example is in your reading tomorrow. And when you read it, just be reminded that Jesus is calling you to a storm-proof life, empowered by both hearing his red-letter words and putting his red-letter words into practice. It's not enough to just admire what Jesus says. It's not enough to just follow your preferred half of what Jesus says. It's not enough to just study what Jesus says. To experience the power of Jesus, you must do what he says. And by the way, why do you think the letters of Jesus are in red? Uh, out of all the colors that they could have used to uh, print the words of Jesus in the Bible, why do you think they chose red? Well, I think it comes from the fact that there's a recognition that the words of Jesus don't come just from his mouth. They come from his heart. They come from a heart filled with so much love for you that he would choose to actually shed his blood so that you could experience this storm-proofed life. Jesus' words are so much more than words. They're a personal invitation from his heart to a life-giving relationship. So right now, I am thinking of a two-word invitation from Jesus in red. Jesus said, remember me. In a moment, you're going to be served the bread and the cup of communion. The bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup represents his blood. And uh, you'll, just be you'll just be served these, and when you uh, receive them, 
take a moment to reflect, take them, uh, bread and cup. Uh, and while you're waiting to be served, don't, don't consider that wasted time. This is your time to, to put into practice, to hear and apply those two, two, two words, remember me. Maybe you're going through a storm right now. <clears throat> Maybe you're going through a storm starting tomorrow. Remember Jesus' love that made him choose the cross for you. Remember Jesus' word of promise to be with you always, to be with you in the storm. Remember that Jesus' promise is written in red. Remember that Jesus will be with you in the storm and he'll storm-proof your life with his power if right now you start this practice of hearing and applying these two words of Jesus. Remember me. Thank you for watching Black Rock Sermon of the Week. We're so glad you found us, and we hope that this message helped you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to a community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in our area, we want to invite you to join us for one of our services. You can find out more about our times and locations right here on this webpage. And if you're not in the area, don't worry. We encourage you to join a local church where you are. There you find people who can walk alongside you and help you continue to grow in your faith. So we hope that you join us next week and thank you so much for watching.